Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bright Comedy, and as usual, you can always find us at Chef Bright Comedy or Surviving Empathy Podcast, and we are here for your needs, and if you want to contribute to the cause, it's a humanitarian cause from the heart, you can reach us on Patreon or PayPal at Chef Bright Comedy. And today, ladies and gentlemen, what the fuck is going on? Oh my god, what is going on, you guys, with this world? Um, it's no fucking wonder that the majority of us older folks are wishing we were living back in the 80s again. Um, you know, I don't mean to wax negative. I am a positive, optimistic person, but we are getting mental health problems more frequently than ever these days. And is it just me, or is the world starting to feel weirder and fucking weirder? Is it, is it us? It can't be, right? And so on this episode, I am going to go into all of the things that are just feeling weird and off to me in the world. Uh, we are also going to talk a little bit about the Johnny Depp case in the beginning, uh, but stay tuned for the end. I have an article for you guys uh, uh, that uh, talks about the economy, but I really just wanted to talk about all the things that are piling up, making my mental health go cattywampus as frequently as it has been lately, because I just don't think it's me. I don't think it's us. I believe we're all going through it right now, especially if you're sensitive. So that's what this episode is all about. We're calling it uh, Mercury is in retrograde or something of that nature. But, um, but uh, you know, we're just trying to figure out what's going on right now that's so unprecedented and how can we cope with it? How can we deal with it? And how can we process that we are now living in unprecedented times? So sit back, relax, enjoy the show, grab something to drink. You can always listen to this in bite-sized pieces. Uh, we record twice a week, and you can uh, listen all at once or in little pieces if you wish. That's why we do the show twice a week, so you can uh, listen as much or as little as you want. But thank you for joining us for, on another episode, and let's begin. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bright Comedy, and today I'm just going to talk about all the weird stuff that's going on. I'm tentatively calling this uh, Mercury is in retrograde or something of that nature. Uh, I'll, I'll come up with a title later, but I just am starting to get this feeling, you guys, that everybody right now is going through a case of the weirds. Am I wrong? You know, um, not only in my own personal life, but also in uh, the public sphere, uh, the Johnny Depp trial, uh, in the Ukraine, all that. And then you got Roe versus Wade trying to be stricken down by this highly irregular, highly conservative Supreme Court. Uh, at the end of the day, I think it's just everybody is suffering from what the fuck? Am I wrong? And so I thought it would be a really good time to address weirdness. And I'm not talking about the good weird. You know, I, I you know, I, we're, we're about an hour from Portland, Oregon. And, uh, we always, you know, our motto here is keep Portland weird because, uh, weird is a good thing. You know, it means, you know, it's a celebration of, of, of fun, a celebration of letting your freak flag fly and just being yourself. And, uh, I've kind of adopted that myself. Just stay weird, you know, stay happy, stay in your own lane, be yourself. You know, that's what, you know, this show is all about. It's about that celebration of life and of love and of kindness. And, uh, 
being silly, being a silly heart. Uh, but every once in a while, you know, we get we get a case of the weirds or we get a case of the uh, gloomy gusses where we're just fucking depressed and we don't know how to deal with life. And then we start lashing out. We start lashing out at um, each other. We start lashing out at, um, you know, just various people who are in our life. Uh, and, uh, sometimes that can, uh, you know, just make things derail all the worse, especially when our mental health isn't in a really strong place. So the first thing I will address is, um, the Johnny Depp trial, the defamation suit. I- I'm not even going to go into all the details, but I just wanted to say, uh, on record that, uh, Rebecca and I kind of arrived at a place of, uh, you know, that it takes two to tango that, Frankly speaking, we assigned the blame. If, you know, if this was kind of like a um, car insurance company claim, there's a percentage of fault. You know, I would say that the fault is 60% Amber Heard's and 40% Johnny Depp's. Now, that was uh, when we recorded last week when she had only uh, testified for one day. Now, after that, you know, she's had several more days to testify, and uh, I've had several more days to think about it and to uh, look at a body expert analysis and look at, um, you know, just basically be completely swayed by other people's uh, opinions, which is completely unscientific, I know. Um, but I'm one of those kind of people that I don't let people sway my opinion. You know, I try to be excruciatingly fair. But that being said, I have to say now that uh, I would say that Amber Heard is 80 to 90 percent at fault and Johnny is 10 to 20 percent at fault. And the reason I have that kind of loose uh, number is because at the end of the day, I do believe that it does take two to tango. At the end of the day, do I think he's just as innocent as a baby, you know? or as innocent as apple pie, as they say. Uh, no, I, I do believe that uh, there were times where he was riled up, upset, uh, quick to anger, said some fucked up things. But, you know, context is everything here, you guys. And in this case, I have to say that um, I believe that Amber Heard is an instigator. She is the abuser. I have had, uh, I've watched many videos. I don't know why, but I am addicted to this trial. And usually, you know, Rebecca and I, we are not into gossip. We are not into celebrity news. We just don't give a fuck about all that shit. We don't even watch cable for crying out loud. But for whatever reason, we really took this uh, case to heart. And it really just kind of took over our life for a while because we find it fascinating. And I'm not exactly sure why. It could be because... Johnny Depp is such a high profile celebrity. Maybe it's because he's a very charismatic person. Uh, maybe it has to do with, uh, the fact that there's a lot of mental health and abuse, uh, involved in this. And then, of course, we're talking about a lot of deception. And, uh, and at the end of the day, that seems to be the common thread that's going on with my life these days is I am getting tired of deception. I'm getting tired of fucking manipulators. And so when you look at this Johnny Depp trial, uh, you know, and you look at all the uh, all the body uh, analysis, the uh, body uh, language expert analysis, you look at uh, some of the the hidden uh, audios that aren't admissible in the trial that have been coming out. Uh, there's a YouTube channel called. OK, so I had to pause to look it up, but it's called Incredibly Average. And um, there's a lot of uh, stuff. This guy's done pretty good work in terms of just figuring out 
who said what and the timelines and everything. But uh, some excellent work there. If you go to the YouTube channel, incredibly average. Um, and I've also been watching, uh, you know, Popcorn Planet. I've been looking at a lot of uh, lawyers talking about this on certain law uh, YouTube channels and the uh, body analysis, etc. And uh, and so I've I've really come around to realize that uh, Amber Heard does not come across like an authentic person in this situation. It feels like she's acting. Um, you know, I have you know I am not a body uh, language expert, but I am an empath. And while I don't sense energy through the TV waves, it doesn't work like that. Um, you can get a sense of things just, you know, like micro expressions, just like anybody else. And there's just something off about it. There's something off. It feels like a performance. It feels like, you know, first of all, um, you know, she snort, it looked like she snorted something up her nose that day. Um, some people think maybe it was menthol or something in order to induce crying. Um, but she, you know, every time she cries, there's no tears. Um, there's people who've done analysis on it <laughs> who, who do all these close-ups and whatnot, and you don't see anything. And while not everybody cries and has lots of tears, uh, she's dry as a bone, you know, and that just tells me something. I don't think that it's real. Um, and, you, and you just look at the body language. Uh, a lot of uh, body analysis experts uh, believe that she's uh, engaging in a performance, that um, her emotions... Her body is doing the emoting, not the mind. And when a person is traumatized, usually the mind uh, does all the emoting where the body follows. In this case, what we're getting is a performance where she works herself up into a frenzy, uh, and then in that frenzied state, it induces her to cry or get emotional, not the other way around. Um, but there's most most of the body uh, experts body analysis uh, experts believe the body language experts whatever they're called <laughs> uh, believe that it's just a, a performance and that it's just not real and you know the first day i wanted to give her the benefit of the doubt i was like well you know johnny depp has got to be a fucking handful i mean let's just be real you know he he's a, a incredibly charismatic guy uh, most people like him um he's got a huge body of work uh, he's a very famous actor and i think at the end of the day, the reason why most of us like him is because he's um, he's introverted, he's shy, he's uh, demure. He he shares some of the qualities we introverts love and recognize, you know. And so I don't believe that he was just like, oh, I didn't do anything wrong. I believe he got riled up and did some inappropriate things on occasion. I do believe that he was wrong sometimes, but it but context is everything here, and I do believe. If you were to look at the context of the times that he's angry or the times he's riled up or the times when he's doing something wrong, it's usually in response to something that she's doing. She just never relents. She never relaxes. She's always on. She just bop, bop, bop. She just nags him to death. And eventually, yes, you're going to catch somebody who's going to, you're in a weakened state. They're going to blow up. And so, and then that's what she records and says, see, see how abusive he is. But at the end of the day, it's really hard because we don't have very many cases of domestic violence where a woman is uh, being the the 
the one who's being accused and where the man is the one being abused. And that is just something our society is not very used to. And so at the end of the day, uh, not only do we all have to sort of get used to the idea that a woman can abuse a man, uh, but we also have to start looking at uh, his testimony and body language, her testimony and body language. And, you know, at the end of the day, I've gone through so many different uh, web YouTube sites. I've gone through popcorn. I've gone through all these law places. And at the end of the day, I, I am convinced that she is putting on a show. And so uh, while I wanted to give her the benefit of the doubt, I'm at a point now where I just am not buying it anymore. I'm not saying that he was a perfect person. I am sure that he did some things. But I do believe at the end of the day, what we're trying to find out here is who was the perpetrator? Who was the aggressor? Who was the one who was doing the the the, the instigating here? And I do believe it was her. And so that's really all I have to say about that. It's just I wanted to put it on the record that uh, we did the episode. And, uh, you know, if we were acting a little too fair for your taste, <laughs> uh, the truth is that we're trying to be fair minded. We're trying to be judgment free and we're trying to not listen to pop culture hysteria and listen to everybody's uh, take on things because it can push you in a biased direction. And while I admit I was always biased a little bit, um, I wanted to be incredibly fair to her because at the end of the day, you don't always know what's going on. At first, I just thought her weird mannerisms were a manifestation of her stress or, or maybe she was just an awkward person. In other words, the way she behaves as a baseline is just that she was an awkward person you know, person the way, you know, like Johnny Depp is kind of awkward, kind of shy. And I, I, at first I wanted to give her that benefit of the doubt, but the more you watch video of her, the more you start to realize that that is not her. That is somebody else. She is putting on a show here. That is a complete and total fabrication. It, she is putting on a performance, you guys. And so it really makes you wonder what's going on. And I really think what it boils down to is um, <clears throat> she lodged the allegation uh, she she took advantage of the Me Too movement, and now uh, that she's done all this, she can't back out of it. It's like some you know, once the cat is out of the bag, you can't back out. And so I think she's double and triple downing on her, uh, and and just going for it. She's gone full crazy. Uh, and you know, the thing that really really got me the most is like, did you guys see the the clip where she was getting off the stand and Johnny was coming to the stand? And she makes eye contact with Johnny and she does this like half-ass like jump like she was scared or nervous of him because she knew that she had to put on a show. Man, oh my God, that was what really did it for me. Because when you slow that down, it is so overacted. It is disgusting, you guys. And so I was just, that was really what the final straw was for me. I knew she's putting on a show because nobody who was truly traumatized um, would uh, behave in the way she is. She's not acting like a person who's traumatized. She's, she's acting like she's putting on a show. And honestly, 
I, I almost feel sorry for her because I, I don't even see how she's even going to get work after this because not only is she tanking her own reputation, but her acting ability throughout this trial is fucking abysmal. I could do a better job. I know it. <laughs> uh, but in, in a way, I feel bad for both of them because, you know, at the end of the day, it's just two celebrities. They're two a couple. You want them to get along. Um, and at the end of the day, you almost just want to say, hey, it takes two to tango. But when you start mounting up all this evidence of her uh, just assholery. She's just such a bitchy person. She never relents. And, you know, and if she has a personality disorder or some emotional problems, you know, I could give I could give her some credit and say, okay, fine. You know, you got some mental health issues. That's okay. Sort them out. But to lie and to obfuscate the truth and to try to tank his career in such a disgusting way, it's just... It's starting to get on my nerves, frankly, because once you have sufficient evidence of her uh, faking this, um, it is hard, hard, hard to walk that back. And so now I'm at a point where I am almost convinced uh, that she is uh, the instigator here. She was the abuser. And um, and while I do believe that he probably did a few things to her, um, chances are it was in re- it was because she just never, ever shuts up she just goes off all the time and who could deal with a person like that like i get it you know we get in we have emotional problems we we get into fights but like rebecca and i um if one of us was the type that just never shut up and it was just constant all the time we would have been fucking divorced by now but no we're celebrating our 12 years of anniversary just just this couple days ago uh, and uh, thank you guys for the well wishes. But um, my point is, is that, it, you know, in a relationship, you got to relax and you got to calm down and you got to uh, at, at some point uh, relax. And while I do agree that it would be difficult to tame uh, somebody like Johnny Depp, who's probably got some alcohol issues, probably got some substance abuse issues. Uh, I'm sure he did plenty of things to let her down in the relationship. Um her way of dealing with it was to uh, pretend like she was superior. She's got this Pollyanna persona where she's either the victim or the or the princess. She's either the perfect person or she's uh, the victim, and and uh, that is just a classic, classic case of deception. So I'm not buying it, you guys. So, anyways, um, yeah. So the reason why I started this whole episode is because um, it's just so many things are going on. In uh, our culture, you know, the thing with Ukraine and now the Roe versus Wade thing, uh, I will not go into the weeds with all of that. It is too fucking depressing for me. Um, but we are just we are entering into a new political climate, you guys, where, you know, in the old days, it was like if you were Republican or Democrat, it was like uh, maybe they disliked each other slightly, um, but they could at least eat lunch with each other, you know, but it's getting to the point now where. You almost have to, um, you almost have to, I don't know. You just, you can't seem to get along with somebody who's your political opposite anymore because there's too much evidence of, of weird, shady shit. You know, um, uh, I just read an article by Steve Schmidt and he's talking about how, uh, Russians have been infiltrating the Republican party since 2008. And I was like, whoa, you know, and I won't go into all of it. But the point is, you guys, is that um, if that's true, it would 
kind of make you realize why is it that Trump and why is it that the Republican Party have such a soft spot for Putin and have such a soft spot for Russia when in the old days, you know, it was all about the Red Scare. We were afraid of Russia. We were afraid of, um, you know, them uh, taking over or trying to create a, uh, you know, fascist dictatorship and trying to rule the world uh, through their uh, evil schemes. You know, that was the big scare during the Cold War and, and before. And so to, to be so soft on Russia now, it makes you wonder, you know, I'm not saying that they are aligned with Russia, but I do feel like nowadays um, the two parties are just going uh, at it at the throat and there's no turning back from that. There is just, uh, there's, too much blood has been spilled, and now uh, for the rest of our days, uh, I believe that we're in for the long haul, you guys, of a very unprecedented uh, turn of events in our political discourse where uh, we're just not going to see eye to eye because there's going to be the informed people, and then there's going to be the misinformed people, and then there's going to be the disinformed people who are, you know, who just aren't ignorant but are completely being fed lies and 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 falsehoods and so at the end of the day I, you know i don't want to go much further about politics but my point is is that we're we're headed for some strange times and um and the thing is is like for me the reason why i'm a progressive is because i want corporations to be accountable i want our system to be more fair i want the middle class to be I want us to be a middle and out society, not a top down society. And I want to get rid of Reaganomics and all that top down shit because it's, it's ruining, um, it's just ruining uh, our uh, economy. And with it, it's ruining our morals and ethics and it's ruining the backbone and the heart and soul of our society, you know? And then, um, just yesterday, uh, I, I found out that uh, my uh, my cousin's uh, uh, father uh, died. Uh, they put him into a medically induced coma, and uh, you know, and and frankly, you guys, uh, the reason why, partly in part, why I took uh, last week off or the week before last, rather, off was because um, you know I am just reaching a point you guys where uh, I cannot seem to find a baseline of comfort and happiness you know you know and and I'm not one of those people that is quick to get sad or or quick to lose hope um, I love doing the podcast uh, I I love doing this show it's very therapeutic for me Rebecca and I enjoy our life together but the truth is is you know after a while um, you feel like you're beating a dead horse because people aren't uh, coming to the show. The, the show isn't growing. It's not getting smaller, but it's not getting to where I want in the time I want it to be. You know, it takes time, you guys. And 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 then you see like uh, different YouTubers and Twitch streamers and uh, various podcasts doing really well for themselves. And it, you know, and, and, and it's hard not to say, well, they're trash. How are they doing so well? You know, because at the end of the day, we put this show on to be good people, to be pure of heart, or at least as pure as we can be. And to just, uh, you know, put it all out there and be uh, decent people. We're not perfect people, but we are we're, we're coming from a place of good intentions, you know? 
And it's hard, you guys. It's hard to see when people are succeeding uh, who you feel like aren't, their, their moral center isn't there. It's all about id and ego. And it's all about um, narcissism. And it's all about this uh, hyper-vigilance to be famous. And uh, frankly, that's not why I'm in this, you guys. I'm not here to get famous. I am here simply to do good work and hopefully be able to continue doing good work and represent regular people and regular people's values. That's what it's about. And then just today, um, a good friend of the show, Idris, you know, she... um, she, she, I'm listening. We, we talk back and forth every day on Instagram with the little Instagram voice message, you know, and, and, uh, she was doing great and she's, she's starting this new garden and she's getting all excited about it. And then all of a sudden she comes on, she's, she's in tears saying, uh, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to talk anymore today. And I was like, well, what the hell happened there? You know, and, uh, you know, not to get too in the details about it, but the point is, is that, um, she, uh, had a, a, her significant other said something that hurt her feelings. And, um, and then I'll, I gave her some advice and, uh, and then she came back a, a little while later and was like, Hey, your advice worked. We talked it out. We're doing better. Um, and what it really boiled down to is, uh, he's having some cognitive, uh, decline, possibly some pre, uh, uh, dementia symptoms, uh, you know, cause he's a little bit older and he's a good man. You know, they're, these are very good people. These are normal down to earth, regular folks, you know, worked hard their whole lives. And, um, we've just gotten to be very good friends. And so I was just really bummed out. And so I was so relieved to hear that they work things out. Uh, he, they're going to go to the doctor. They're going to run tests on him to make sure. But what it boiled down to is that he was saying things, um, out of frustration because he's not feeling himself these days. And so, you know, I'm really, I was so, uh, she comes back and she's like, Hey, Brian, your advice worked, man. You know, and, uh, you know, we talked, we hugged, we cried, everything worked out. And now we're going to go to the doctor and we're going to get everything sorted out. And I was like, Oh fuck. Yeah. That is so great. Good. Such good news to hear. And that's what I'm talking about. You guys, at the end of the day, um, I'm not this like Mr. Fancy Pants celebrity. I am a real person. I am just coming onto the airwaves to talk with you, other real people, so that we can form bonds and friendships, you know. And so at the end of the day, you know, um, but I do get, you know, I get where I get down because, uh, you know, uh, we've been doing this now for almost a year, 11 months now, and um, it, it's doing remarkably well for a show that's so young but at the same time um i have such uh, big goals you know and when things aren't going fast enough you start to poop out you know you burn out um <clears throat> there's a youtuber we watch her name is bailey sarian you probably heard of her she does that murder makeup mystery mondays and she's fantastic not only is she beautiful but she does she tells stories of, of true crime while doing makeup tutorials and it's the weirdest coolest thing but she's so self-deprecating. She's wise beyond her years. And, um, <clears throat> and I'm just, uh, but she took a couple of months off just recently because, you know, they, uh, they went on vacation. She came back and she, she was going through some mental health crisis. And I'm not a, even going to speculate why. But the point is, is, it probably had to do with her fast rise to fame. She's now on Netflix. She has a podcast. She's doing all this stuff. She, she just blew up huge, you know, and I think the, 
it just all got her over, you know, overworked and overwhelmed. And so she had, she took two months off. She said, I gotta go. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and now she's back doing her stuff again. And, uh, my point is, is, is that, um, when you're a content creator, it's in- incredibly <clears throat> cool and fun and encouraging when people notice and when you grow and when your numbers get bigger. And so while my numbers are okay, uh, they're not quite there yet, you know, and I've talked about that with the big push and trying to get you guys to chip in until I get sponsors. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't want you guys to get the wrong idea. I love doing this. And I love helping people. And that's what this is all about, you know, but, you know, uh, it, it wasn't last week, but the week before that I took a week off and partly that was so that I could catch up on some technical stuff. I'm trying to get things uploaded to my new YouTube channel which is going to be called Chef Bry Comedy. Uh, it'll have stuff where I'll probably end up putting some of the, the podcast episodes on there. Uh, I, I have some paranormal evidence already uploaded there. I'm going to be uploading some more here. I'll probably have 20-plus uh, videos of my friend Idris's home who um, has seen a thing or two in there. She believes her house is haunted. Uh, she believes it has something to do with the highway there next to because there's been a lot of deaths and accidents next to the highway. And so, um, you may want to go over to the YouTube channel, check me out. It's on, it's called Chef Bright Comedy and you'll see some of the paranormal evidence there and you'll see a lot of orbs, uh, turn up the volume and you may, uh, actually hear a thing or two as well. So anything you catch, uh, I need your eyes and ears and, uh, yeah, just comment in the comments there and let me know, uh, what you see or what you think of what you see. Um, is, are these really orbs or, is this something else? Is it just moths or dust? You know, let me know. You know, but the reason why we do this mental health stuff so much, you guys, is because, uh, frankly, the world right now is feeling fucking weird, you guys. I mean, <clears throat> you know, I was just talking about how kind of strange it is living up here in Oregon now. And I like Oregon. Don't get me wrong. The people here, a lot of them can be very nice. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful place to, to hike and fish and camp. Um, but when you're in rural Oregon, um, you cannot help to feel the, um, the, um, the, um, socioeconomic, um, disparities, if you will, of this place. It feels like the morale is very low. It's very low at my wife's work. It's very low at all of my friends' work. Um, a lot of people uh, have very high expectations of new workers. They're not willing to pay a good starting wage. And so um, a lot of places are understaffed, frankly, working on skeleton crews. And uh, I just can't help but feeling like right now in Oregon, when things are socioeconomically down, uh, it just really messes with the way the whole vibe of this place feels, you know. And I have a feeling that you guys as sensitives as maybe even if you aren't sensitive, but just regular people, I think are, are just feeling that you go out, out there and you feel all this strangeness. And there's a lot of petty crime. Rebecca's always talking about people trying to pull scams, check cashing scams, uh, stealing of items just to try to sell them back to the store. All this bullshit. It's like good gravy, you know, um, and, and really, when you look at all that, the totality of all that, you start to think, God, what happened to the morals? What happened to the ethics of America? But, you know, that's the thing, you guys. Um, 
it was always like this. You know, that's the thing we have to uh, make sure that we realize is that um, things don't feel this way because it's reality. I believe it's just we're seeing right now just really bad uh, economics uh, because of COVID, uh, the way they handled and botched COVID, the way Trump is the way that um, they're trying to repeal uh, bodily autonomy. Uh, autom- <laughs> can't say that word. Bodily autonomy for women, and uh, uh, there's just a lot of overreaching right now. Overreaching by corporations, overreaching by rich people, overreaching by the Supreme Court, and it's making us regular people feel like. Like we don't fucking have a right to a say, you know. But the thing about this show, you guys, is we are not about bumming people out. We are here to try to find uh, those little silver linings in the gray cloud. We're here as a salve is to, to try to find the positivity and hope in a world that is going a little topsy-turvy. And the, frankly, you know, I do. I miss the old days. I miss the simpler days, you know. <laughs> I grew up in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s, you know, and now that it's 2022, I don't quite recognize this place anymore, you guys. I really don't. But at the same time, I want to be a fighter for good people. I stick up for millennials. I stick up for younger people because, you guys, we can't just blame the new people coming up. These problems were established long before these new kids came up. And so to to make them have to work jobs with dead ends, with no uh, rise in pay, it's not fair, you guys. It's just not fair what kids nowadays have to go through and grow up in, you know. And so at the end of the day, that's why I want the world to become a kinder, gentler place, you know. Okay, so what else is on my mind these days? I guess, you know, I got to address the elephant in the room, which is, you know, why do I want to make it as a podcaster? Well, I want to make it as a podcaster, you guys, because I want to do it as a career. But I'm not looking for fame. I'm not looking for popularity. And I think the thing that's really grinding my gears, <laughs> to borrow from, uh, <laughs> what's that show? Uh, Family Guy. <laughs> you know what grinds my gears? <laughs> Anyways, but what's gr- really grinding my gears these days, you guys, is just how many people now are just so much ego, so much id. So much uh, hyper-aggression, you know, people all now are looking to get famous, looking to be something, be somebody, you know, and um, frankly, I'm finding it very narcissistic, you guys, and that's the thing is, Rebecca and I don't do this for the fame and for the glory. We're doing it uh, as a public service and because we feel that we've put in on this life long enough to have experience and wisdom to share with you the audience and i'm not saying that everybody i think everybody has something good to share but ah man i don't know it just it's starting to feel like we're rewarding the wrong people we're giving all this uh, uh, attention to to people who uh, frankly don't, don't always deserve it you know and I can't say from one person to the next who's a bad guy and who's a good guy because I it's not my right to say. But, you know, that's why I try to teach you guys about my morality. Uh, it's not about being a goody two-shoe. It's about we have to know where the, to draw the line when it comes to life. You know, there's a line for everything. And if you're young and perhaps impressionable, 
or maybe you're, you succumb to depression and anxiety, or maybe you succumb to peer pressure, or you're working a job and uh, you're just trying to believe in yourself and you're trying to believe in capitalism and believe that, hey, I'm stuck with this mess, so I got to make the best of it. You don't want to hear about how the world is is coming tragically to an end, you know, um, not that it's coming to an end, literally, but it just feels that way, you know. And so, you know, I try very hard, you guys, I try very hard not to be a, a bummer to you guys. If I ever say anything sad or, or, or hopeless, it's only because I'm feeling it in the moment and I want to teach you guys how to process that because that's how I have to process it. You know, because I have anxiety and I have depression and I've told you guys when I'm having a bout of anxiety or depression. And there's no shame in that, you guys. The whole point of this show is not only to find robust health and robust living for regular people, but it's also about fighting regressive systems, fighting tyranny, and uh, finding hope for regular folks. And the truth is, you guys, is that we can do it, man. We can do it. But the thing you guys have to realize is that when you are getting uh, impatient like me, Maybe you're losing hope. Maybe you're getting fatigued. Maybe you're burning out. You know, I'm getting a lot of chronic fatigue lately, you guys, because um, my fibromyalgia is a chronic pain condition. It's an autoimmune disorder. I've had it now for about five or six years. And doctors, frankly, don't seem to want to help me do anything about it, you know, Uh, because it's easier to ignore the problem than to acknowledge the problem and then have to. Uh, tell me, no, we're not going to give you opioids, you know? <laughs> and the thing is, is I've never even brought up the word opioid, but that's the only thing they have for chronic pain is that. And uh, what's the other thing? Um, there's a handful of medications now that help with uh, pain. Uh, but one of them now is, uh, what is it called? Okay, gosh, I had to call my wife. I couldn't even find it online, <laughs> but it's called gabapentin. And what it is, it's kind of a neural inhibitor in the sense that it... Um, reduces uh, the neural connectivity and it's supposed to bring about pain, but uh, a lot of people don't feel right on it like myself. And so, um, and then all the other drugs that work, you know, they don't want to give you anymore. They don't want to give you opioids. They don't want to give you uh, benzodiazepines. And, you know, the truth is, is I don't want them to prescribe me 450 pills. I, I simply want relief when I need relief. But um, that's the problem these days, you guys is all the legalities of all the medications uh they're now seeing that they all anything fun is 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 starting to become uh, frowned upon now because of uh, addiction problems and so at the end of the day um try, here you are trying to advocate for your health you're trying to advocate for your best benefit and um you know in the old days they just give you these things and nowadays you you have to fight and cry to get anything and um it's not that I want, uh, you know, some giant uh, script of, of opioids, but uh, just the only real thing that they've told me they, they could do for me was to have me go to a, a, one of those kind of, uh, they wanted me to go to a, a discussion on uh, pain and pain therapy that we can think the pain away. And I was like, well, okay, sure, sure, buddy. I've had this thing for six years now, and believe me, I've tried. There are many, many ways that we are. Uh, pain is uh, pain is a subjective thing, but at the end of the day, um, you know, 
there are tips and ways that we can uh, find a baseline of comfort when we're in great deals of pain. But the problem is, is that it's not a perfect solution. At the end of the day, if you have fucked up pain gates, guess what? You're in pain. And so I, you know, generally rely on mostly just turmeric at this point and uh, occasionally ibuprofen. But the point is, is, um, you know, here I am trying to uh, fight this uh, pain condition uh, and and doctors just don't seem to want to care because when they admit the problem is there, and that's the thing is a lot of people, a lot of some doctors don't even want to admit that fibromyalgia is a real thing, and I don't know where that comes from because there seems to be two camps on it, and um, and at, at the end of the day, uh, I, I, I changed doctors one time, and this doctor said, well, I don't believe in fibromyalgia. Well, I said, well, I don't believe in you, so I changed doctors again because at the end of the day, you don't here's a fucking clinician who doesn't even believe that people's uh, pain gates can uh, become screwed up to the point where the pain gates stay open causing chronic pain. How do you not believe that? It's so the science is so uh, not only easy, but it's so easy to understand. And it's so real that I, I don't understand how anyone couldn't believe it, frankly. And so, and so, Dealing with my chronic pain has been giving me a lot of depression and anxiety because the truth is, is um, I have tried SSRIs in the past um, only for it to go too far. It either makes me feel numb like a zombie or it makes me get anxious because it's too much, you know. And uh, so at the end of the day, I look for natural therapies. I, I, I do a lot of running. And I, I, I'm just now getting back into the gym. I kind of took some time off because I've been working a lot lately, but I'm now getting my butt back into the, my home gym out there in the, in the den. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what's keeping me hopeful right now. But at the end of the day, you know, it's hard to, uh, to not feel sometimes like life is beginning to be a bunch of fucking bullshit. <laughs> I mean, come on. And that's because all these doctors are scared of helping us. They don't know what to do. They don't want to help because they don't want you to get addicted because then they're afraid you're going to go and sue them or something. Ah, and litigation is taking over the world. We're becoming a litigious society. I mean, look at the Johnny Depp case. I mean, anytime somebody feels disgruntled, they feel like they have to find a lawyer and, and, and make somebody pay, you know? And uh, I, I just, I don't know. <laughs> it's craziness, you guys. And so I was talking to my friend the other day and she was like, well, you know, and she's a witch, she's a Wiccan and she believes, you know, in a lot of, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of, uh, sorcery and, uh, magic and things and, uh, the new age stuff, you know, and spiritualism and whatnot. And I, you know, I'm open to some of that stuff, but I've told you in the past, you guys, I, if you're not coming correct, then you're just kind of trying to get famous on the cult of personality train. And so I, I don't know. I, I, I believe I'm open minded because I know as an empath that energy equals intention. Energy is intention and good intention, good vibes. Uh, uh, you know, you never know what the, the healing power of energy and, and, and uh, energy healing. I used to be an energy healer myself. I was a massage therapist. I was a, a, a practicing energy healer. So I do know that good intentions, uh, healing thoughts, uh, good vibes, positivity, there is a healing uh, impact to it. That being said, if somebody has an acute condition, 
no amount of uh, prayers or healing or good vibes are going to fix them. They need fucking surgery, <laughs> you know. But at the end of the day, that's the thing right now is that I, I myself am dealing with my fibromyalgia getting much worse. And, um, and with that, I'm getting more chronic fatigue. And with that, I'm getting more insomnia. And so I'm trying to find balance. And that's the thing that's really hard for people with fibromyalgia is maintaining that balance. Uh, when you're young, you know, you can drink and party and do all these things, eat like shit, eat Taco Bell every day. And, and, and then, and then go like Rebecca used to. She was a dancer. She would eat like shit, go out, drink, party, get two hours of sleep and then go put on a show Friday night and, uh, and, and, and somehow have energy still to go out to Denny's afterward. You know, it's just, it's incredibly easy when you're young to maintain balance, you know, not for everybody, but for a lot of people that youth, it gives you boundless energy and your body can just take a lot of abuse and punishment. But as you get older, you know, it's harder to maintain that balance. And so for for people with fibromyalgia, it, it, it boils down to it's hard to be um, every day is a new adventure. You don't know how you're going to feel. You don't know how you're going to sleep and you don't know whether or not you're going to have a chronic pain day or a good day. And so as a result, I'm sure a lot of you guys probably deal with this in some capacity. You just you're always reluctant to go and get the power career you're, you're you want to do all these big lofty things you got all these big lofty goals but at the end of the day you're you're being stifled by the fact that you can't trust your body anymore you know and so the reason why i started this podcast was frankly it was coming from a spiritual place because i was hurting uh, emotionally i was hurting over the loss of my cats uh, who both died of kidney disease in the same year 3 months apart I was uh, reeling over the death of my father, who had died in 2010. I was reeling over the death of my grandparents. And then I was reeling because I've changed jobs so many times. I've put so much time, money, and energy into bettering myself all for nothing. And, it, and it's just starting to feel, you guys, that no matter what you do, it just seems like uh, success is just just out of reach, you know, and I hate saying that because I don't want you guys to give up. Believe me, I'm not giving up, you know, and I, I, I just I share all this just to be honest, because I don't want you guys to lose hope. No, goodness. No. What it's about, you guys, is that we're all dealing with these things. We're dealing with uh, different uh, physical ailments. We're dealing with various emotional and mental ailments. Uh, we're trying to make it in a world that's trying to make it harder and harder for people to succeed. And uh, things are becoming outrageously expensive. And um, and so I don't want you guys to hear this and say, oh, thanks, Brian, for reminding me of how shitty the world is. I, I'm sorry to do that. But the point is, you guys, is that we have to start fighting the system. The system is getting strange. And um, it, it what happens is is this is that as we become discouraged, as we become defeated, we want to recoil, we want to hide, we want to go run away and find our safe space, find our cave and stay in there forever. 
And, um, and that's okay when you're healing, when you need to self care, you want to stay in that safe space and heal and keep your life small and simple during those times. But once you're healed, you got to get back up on the horse, you know, and that's what I'm trying to do. And that's why uh, I refuse to give up on the show because I know that we've done good work. I know that we're coming from a place of earnesty, earnestness and honesty and, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, you can't give up, you guys. You just can't give up, even though there are times where, you know, I used to say, um, you know, in life, when life gets out of control, hit the reset button. And I used to say that uh, sometimes you have to hit the reset button uh, uh, seven times a week. Every day you have to hit the reset, reset, reset. Sometimes you have to hit it every seven minutes. <laughs> Frankly, those, the, the harder life gets, the more you have to slow it down and hit that reset button. Sometimes it's just about finding clarity. Um, and, and when you get depressed and when you get discouraged, it's not about bottling those things up. You know, I am learning to incorporate my true feelings into my personality into my everyday life. Um, uh, you know, I'm personally right now, I'm going through some issues with my podcast host. And I told them, what are you guys doing to uh, help me grow my audience? And then they say all these things and they say, well, we got this and this. And basically their answer is to watch YouTube videos. And all these YouTube videos are these young people just giving you a bunch of generic nonsense. It's not real advice. It's not <laughs> usable advice for people who are already podcasting and who are already doing well. And so it's just one of those things where, you know, finally they said, well, somebody must have really hurt you to, to act this way. I said, dude, don't, don't put this on my past. It has nothing to do with me. I, why would I not trust a cor corporation in the modern world where every corporation now is fighting for their right to rule us, to own us. They're looking, you guys, to to exploit us and to take advantage of us. And so that's why we have to be very careful these days. We're, we're coming upon unprecedented times, and it requires us to be more thoughtful than we used to have to be. Times used to be more innocent. Times used to be smaller and easier. And you could just go get a job and get, man, you know, uh, Rebecca's parents, uh, her dad went out and became a construction worker, and he made pretty good money. He raised three kids. My grandfather uh, was an appliance repairman. He did it for, what, almost 40 years. And so uh, you could buy, he bought three houses, three houses and a mobile home, two mobile homes. So the point is, is that everyday life is getting harder and it's getting more expensive. And instead of uh, creating solutions, our politicians would rather uh, fight amongst themselves. And really what it boils down to is we've got one leg of the two-party system that's just absolutely uh, infatuated with um, gotcha politics. And I, I don't mean to say that um, both one side's all wrong and one side is all right, but what we're dealing with is one side refuses to legislate, you guys. And so what happens is, is nobody wants the other team to get a win, so they don't build infrastructure. They don't grow jobs. They don't do anything. And so, you know, I used to think, why on earth would they ever create a universal basic income? Why? What, have we all become so spoiled? You know, that was me 10 years ago. But now I'm at a point where I realize what where that's coming from. 
That is coming from a place of toxicity, you guys, that they are not building a system for us to live in. And so the lack of opportunities are creating a society where we have to become our own best advocate, you know? We have to generate our own uh, side hustles, if you will. We have to find ways that we can make money because careerism isn't what it used to be. And I hate telling you guys that. It's not coming from a place of being jaded. It's coming up from a place of honesty, you guys. You know, I was a chef for uh, 14 years. Uh, I worked in radio for a year and a half. I worked uh, as, as many, many things. I was EMT for a year. Uh, I got out of it because it, it just didn't pay well. And uh, while I learned a lot and saw a lot, um, it just didn't pay enough for what I was seeing, you guys. It was giving me nightmares. It was giving me uh, just um, a lot of people can't hang when they care too much. If you guys go to over to the Ghost of Carmel, Maine, uh, Kent, Kent Burris, uh, he had to get out of EMS work too because it's just too emotionally taxing for sensitive people. And when you're only paying $11 an hour, it's like, God, you guys, come on. And so that's the thing, you guys, is that I'm not trying to bum anybody out. Uh, what I'm trying to get you folks to realize is that we are uh, having to create our own solutions, you know. And so if you guys are going to college, if you guys are trying to earn a degree, good, do it. Um, all that stuff looks great on your resume, and you may find... Uh, an employer that does really well, but there's a lot of folks right now who, like myself, have a lot of experience, have a lot of education, but um, frankly, because they're not young anymore, uh, you know, people are like, well, you know, because they don't, they, they know that we know better. They can't trick us. They can't fool us. When you're older than the bosses, they know, oh, well, I can't pull the wool under, over this guy's eyes. He's seen too much. And so they're always looking for young, moldable, malleable people that they can trick into these mentalities. And I'm not trying to say that there aren't good jobs. There are some, but they're very few and far between. And so for the, those of us who are trying to get ahead, uh, uh, trying to be dependent on a system that just isn't growing, uh, frankly, you guys, we have to learn to find side hustles, you know? And so that's kind of where I decided to take the, the bull by the horns and become my own professional. I'm a professional broadcaster. I'm a voice artist. I'm a comedian. I'm a, a writer, producer, and editor of this show. And I'm also writing books. And so, um, you know, Cumulatively, it is the harder path to go because success is never guaranteed. Um, but it also is, is, is freer, uh, for a person like myself who's just a very independent free thinker. And the thing is, you guys, is that frankly, because of my chronic pain condition, I can't play by their rules anymore. And so I thought, well, fuck, I got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Let's go for it, you know? <laughs> But at the end of the day, you guys, it's not about losing hope. Um, we all get depression. Not all of us, but most of us. Um, we, we, a lot of us get anxiety. A lot of us feel overwhelmed. And so as an empath, I'm trying to teach you guys about that awareness bubble. Sometimes the world just feels too big and it can overwhelm our senses. And so you have to shrink it down. 
and you have to focus on the little things and keep your life small and insulated. Stay in your lane, stay in your bubble for a time until you're feeling yourself again. And then you can slowly but surely grow that bubble outward to include as much as you can handle. And if you can't handle the the situation in Ukraine, then don't. If you can't handle politics, then don't. You're not obligated to do these things. Uh, I simply want people to be civic-minded so that we can start fighting these regressive systems and start replacing them again so that we can restore the middle class to its uh, former glory, you know? But I don't want you guys to be sad. I don't want you guys to lose hope because it's not uh, about losing hope. There are plenty of things to do, you guys, in this world. Uh, many irons in the fire yet to be explored. Uh, you could do Etsy. You could do radio. You could do podcasting. You could do a YouTube channel. If, if those things don't suit your fancy, uh, you know, there are more conventional things you could do. You could, like, I almost wish I had gone to accounting school or something. I could have just been an accountant. And while I, I, I was more of a, um, a, a an artistic, creative type, uh, those those kind of jobs never really suited me. Um, a part of me wishes I had gone that route because I was an English major and, uh, you know, all this artistic, creative stuff. And then, I, of course, culinary school. And so um, I've gone the route of the uh, uh, content creator a creative type, you know, and um, it's not for everybody and it's not easy, you know, but I think what it boils down to you guys is we're just, we've just, you know, it's like the old door song, strange days have found us, you know, <laughs> it's just, uh, there's too much uh, weird stuff going on in the world and um, we have to remain vigilant to not lose hope because there are plenty, I assure you. Plenty of good people left in the world, I promise. And there are jobs out there, and things will get out of this rut. Once COVID is a thing of the past and uh, everybody's getting their vaccinations, uh, the supply chain issues will go away, economies will restart, these companies will start uh, paying a little bit better, they'll start hiring more people. Um, but but what we're trying to do right now um, is we're trying to uh, uh, make them have to acquiesce to our terms right now before it starts getting to back to the way things used to be. We don't want things to go back to the way it used to be. We want it to get better from this point forward, you know? So I've got a little article here called, um, <clears throat> it's from, uh, where is it? Uh, uh, CNBC, uh, is the great resignation over far from it, ex- experts say. The great resignation, which saw droves of workers leaving their jobs or switching careers during the post-pandemic era, is far from over. The job loyalty may be a thing of the past, as one industry expert puts it. According to a recent survey by Microsoft, 52% of young people polled, namely Gen Z and millennial workers, say they would were likely to consider changing employers this year. And it says here that that's up 3% from last year. Microsoft refers to Gen Z as those who are uh, from 18 years to 26 years old and millennials as those between the ages of 27 to 41. In contrast, only 35% of Gen X, and that's my group, 42 to 55 years old, and boomers, 56 to 75, say they are thinking of a job change. 
The global survey conducted among 31,102 full-time employed or self-employed workers was not the only indicator that the Great Resignation is here to stay. According to another poll by recru- uh, recruiter Randot UK, almost seven in ten British employees say they feel confident of moving to a new job in the next couple of months, and only 16% of workers describe themselves as worried about trying to get a new job. And then it goes here into this part that says companies still not getting it right. While the pandemic was the impetus for the Great Resignation, the phenomenon will continue to take different shapes and forms in time to come, says Gia Ganesh, the vice president of People and Cultural Culture at Florence Healthcare. Also referred to as the Great Reshuffle, LinkedIn says it's a watershed moment for company culture. Employees are ready to walk away from jobs that do not meet their needs. The profession. Uh, the professional networking company said in two, 2022 Global Talent Trends Report. As a society, if we begin to shape our practices around how we treat people, how our how work environments are structured, the great reshuffle will end. And then it says here, however, that's easier said than done, as some companies are still not getting it right. Um, the two things that companies are still falling short of. Flexible work arrangements and staying in touch with employees' individual needs, she said. Everybody has their own bucket list of things that they expect at a company they're working for. And when companies contradict commitments they've made, there's too many opportunities out there for people uh, not to look elsewhere and find a company that can meet their needs. While nearly 4.3 million people in the U.S. quit their jobs in January, there were also 11.3 million job openings, according to the latest a report from the U.S. Department of Labor. And it says what employees want. They want flexibility. Uh, they want side hustles. Uh, and it says they want diversity. So I'll go into that. Uh, flexible, uh, according to the survey, what employees really want is flexibility. The survey showed that 52% of workers are thinking of switching to a full-time remote or hybrid job in 2022. Flexible work in particular appears to be a huge lure for young workers. The survey found that the likelihood of Gen Z workers engaging with a company posting on LinkedIn is at 77% when it mentions flexibility. That compares with 30% for millennials. The appeal of flexible work arrangement lies in the side hustles and creative projects employees can pursue beyond their day job, Microsoft said. Invest in your people. Make sure that you're giving them work that resonates with them, that challenges them, and that stretches them. It reports that 70% of Gen Z are considered earning additional income outside their current employer via a side project or business in the year ahead. And then number three, uh, diversity. Gen Z employees also value purpose-driven work environments, diversity and inclusion much more than their older counterparts. Uh, diversity and inclusion have become buzzwords, but to them, it truly means a lot. Gen Zers value being able to be their authentic selves and bringing their whole selves to work. The company has to provide a culture where it's safe to be who you are, she added. Yes. And then it just goes into what employers can do. The great resignation has posed opportunities for workers to negotiate for higher wages And uh, Randstad said employers should uh, start by re-examining their rumination levels. However, quick fixes like a bigger paycheck may not be as effective as companies would like. With the labor market heating up and the great resignation still in full swing, here are some ways employers can try to retain their staff. 
Companies can consider a counterintuitive approach to retaining and attracting workers by making customer happiness their top priority, wrote Bain and companies Darcy Darnell and Maureen Burns in the book Winning on Purpose. That's Winning on Purpose. That's the book. Uh, Good employees don't want just a job. They want to embrace a meaningful purpose. And in our experience, they want the ability to enrich the lives they touch, the author said. With a myriad of factors at play in retaining talent, perhaps the simplest way is for companies to ask employees what they value. It is very important to understand from employees what is keeping you here today. What can another company offer you that will make you think about leaving us? And then it says Zimmerman concurred, saying that companies should conduct stay interviews every four to six months to make sure that they're on top of their employees' needs as they evolve. Invest in your people. Make sure that you're giving them work that resonates with them, that challenges them and stretches them. When people start to stagnate, they start to get bored and they start looking elsewhere. And so I will post a link to that in the summary of this podcast episode but um but that's what i'm saying you guys um this shit isn't made up i'm not just some radical coming off <laughs> half cocked here i'm sa- i'm telling you guys that we are in an unprecedented era uh, of growth um uh, and it's scary whenever change happens it's scary because it hurts and affects a lot of people and so at the end of the day we're all looking for meaning we're all looking for purpose and we're all looking to belong somewhere right you know, the thing about like Rebecca's job working at the grocery store is that, um, you know, it affects her mental health. Morale is ungodly low right now because uh, people are calling in, calling out all the time. And when they're there, uh, they stagnate. Uh, they're placed uh, outrageous demands of, of workload because it's a grocery store. It's the busiest grocery store in the entire town. It's constantly busy. And, uh, and, and so it just gets to be, uh, where there's all, uh, work and no reward. And, um, and then when you pair that with mean, rude customers, you pair that with indifferent bosses, you pair that with a very low starting wage, they can't get new hires to come on board because their starting wages are like nine fucking dollars per hour. But that's what I'm trying to tell you, you guys, is read the tea leaves, you guys. There is a change of brewing. We are, um, uh, we're in this new era. This is the post, uh, uh post pandemic era, post COVID era where, uh, if we fight now, we can get our way. We can force employers to acquiesce to our needs, to acquiesce to better pay, to acquiesce to a better culture, and to acquiesce, frankly, that we don't all need master's degrees and doctorates to work these fucking jobs. Jesus Christ, they're forcing us to go to colleges that we can't afford. And you guys, I mean, I've been working since I was 13 years old, since the 80s, man. (laughs) I've been working so long that I just can't fucking believe that I have to even still think about it, you know? Except the thing is that I enjoy work when the work is enjoyable. When I was on good calls as an EMT, it put my heart right. But the problem is there was too many weird calls, bad calls, ugly calls, bad shit a brewing, man. And that bad juju for an empath is just bad sauce, you know? Uh, when I worked as a chef, when I worked, uh, for a, 
an employer that had a good attitude, who had a good culture, and who paid well enough, uh, I could enjoy my uh, job for a time. But when you're cooking the routine mundanity of the everyday cook, 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 go, 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 without relent, it starts to get old after a while, and your your back starts to hurt, your body starts to hurt, and then you go home. And I'm not lying, you guys. There were many, many times as a chef, I came home and I literally cried my eyes out in the shower because that's how much it physically hurt, that's how much it emotionally hurt, and their indifference was palpable, and it just hurts your feelings, you know? It hurts your fucking feelings to know that you, uh, nobody gives a shit about whether or not you, you know, have a good life or not, frankly, you know? You know, but I'm telling you guys that all this because we are not uh, 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 fools. We are not uh, uh, negative Nellies. They, they like to, that's what Buzzsprout tried to do to me, my podcast host. They tried to say, Oh, you're the problem because you fail to, uh, you know, to, to use and utilize our resources, except they don't have any fucking resources. They have a bunch of pay to play bullshit. And what they want you to do is watch their YouTube videos and do everything yourself. Except what do you think I've been doing for the past year? You guys. <laughs> So at the end of the day, um, I'm going to go with the new podcast host. Fuck them. <laughs> at the end of the day, I don't know them jack shit. And they have proven corporations time and time again that if they can't uh, get you to, uh, to, to, to acquiesce to their tyranny, uh, they will put it on you. They will make it out to say, oh, well, you're the problem. You must, there must be something wrong or damaged about you. And I was like, dude, that might work on your 20 year olds, but I'm fucking almost 50 here and you can go fuck yourself with that shit. <laughs> but with all that being said, that's what I'm saying. You guys, we are just living in weird fucking times. There's a lot of people out there you have to be careful of sociopaths and predators, uh, employers that have uh, stringent fascistic points of view, oftentimes right-wing, sorry, but it's true. I am not trying to say that all Republicans are evil, no, but I am trying to say that there are agendas on the right, and there's agendas on the left too, but they're just different agendas, and we don't need the Koch brothers uh, uh, forming our, our policies when it comes to employment, okay? We want our employers to be reactive to our needs, not reactionary to our needs, if you know what I'm saying. But the point is, is that we're all dealing with it. I mean, guys, I wake up all the time just going, oh, it feels so weird these days. It just feels so weird and then you have your friend tell you, well, you know, Mars is in retrograde. <laughs> and uh, I actually Googled it. And uh, let me see if I can get that to work. Hold on. Google, what does it mean for Mars to be in retrograde? According to NASA's Mars Exploration Program, Mars retrograde happens every two years. Earth has the inside lane and moves faster than Mars. So much faster, in fact that it makes two laps around the course in about as much time as it takes Mars to go around once. About every 26 months, Earth comes up from behind and overtakes Mars. According to Daily Express, Mars is in retrograde meaning, Mars rules more masculine traits. During this time, you may find your relationships at home, work, and your sex life are all affected. Your energy levels in general will slump and you may feel more irritated or angry. 
Yeah, so that's not coming from hippydippyexpress.com. That that is that's from Google, man. <laughs> and I don't know uh I don't necessarily believe those things because that's kind of taken an astrological perspective. But I can't deny that uh people do seem to act weirder during a full moon. That people seem to get a little bit weirder when Mars is in retrograde. I can't deny it. <laughs> You know, because like I'm an Aries and I don't usually believe in astrology, but when I look at some of the traits of an Aries, I'm like, yep, I'm a classic Aries. <laughs> so, so, uh, you know, I'm beginning to open my mind to the possibility that there's at least in small ways something to it. Um, I think uh, if we're to, to live our life based on tarot cards and all that hippie stuff, hippy dippy stuff and no disrespect to those people who are into the spiritualism and things um but you know i'm a science-based guy i grew up you know taking college courses in science you know that was my first uh you know after i was an english major i was pre-med for three years for crying out loud and so i i believe in a strong foundation of science but at the end of the day um maybe there's some something to it you know because it does seem like uh, the, the world is just getting a little bit fucking strange. And, and that's what I'm trying to tell you, you guys, is you're not alone. Reach out to people who feel the way you do, like Rebecca and I. We are here for you, man. I promise. <laughs> but uh, anyways, that's about all I have for today, you guys. I just, I wanted you guys to just see that we are all dealing with strangeness. We are all dealing with death. We are all dealing with job loss. We are all dealing with grief uh, of someone in our past who have, who's passed away. Um, and uh, it's hard, you guys. Life is hard. And so I wish I had Johnny Depp's problems. <laughs> At least I'd still have $400 million in the bank. You know, when, when your greatest problem in life is financial, it makes all of your other problems surmount. And what I mean by that is, is that every day it's always about the hustle to get money. Um, and then it puts all of your other problems on the back burner. And then you, you, you eventually, you, you don't even address them. You become so just driven to make money and to make rent that you, uh, you're not taking care of those problems that are, are now getting bigger and more obvious, you know, but I don't want you guys to despair. Um, think about who you are. Think about what kind of person you are and go for what you know works for you. You know, if you're an analytical person, you're a math major, you're really sciencey, uh, you're a matter of fact person, you might like going into the culinary arts. You might like becoming an accountant. On the other hand, if you're all touchy feely and a creative like me, you might want to do something a little bit more footloose and fancy free. You want to do something that is going to allow you to feel less stifled by life. Okay. So that's, that's what I got for you guys. And I want to thank you guys for putting up with me during my time of grief, my time of just getting a case of the blahs, you know. Um, uh, you know, I, I am uploading more material every day to YouTube. I'm trying to grow this. Uh, I do this from the heart. Uh, I do not, uh, get a big head about this. I am not trying to become the next big celebrity. Fuck all that. I just want to do good work and make friends and, and start a small movement where we can take care of each other and be good to each other. I mean, what's, what's wrong with that? You know, to try to do a little good before I die, you know? <laughs> so 
Thank you guys so very much for accepting Rebecca and I. We love you guys so very much, and we love doing this for you. And uh, if you feel like contributing to the cause, you can pay a couple bucks to the cause, a cup of Joe a month. Uh, go on over to my uh, uh, Patreon or PayPal at Chef Bright Comedy. That's patreon.com forward slash Chef Bright Comedy or paypal.me forward slash Chef Bright Comedy. And, uh, we'll, we got one more in the tank for you. We got a paranormal episode coming up very soon, you guys. Uh, the secret of Skinwalker Ranch is coming back. We got part seven to talk about of uh, the lamb house, the sea, uh, the, the ghost of Carmel Maine and Kent Burris and, and, and all of his research he's doing. So thank you guys for being a friend. Thank you guys for uh, tuning into the show. Uh, please be sure to share this and help us grow. We love you. We're coming from the heart and we're here for you guys, man. We're trying to be friends. We don't want to make a, the world this weird place where everybody's unequal. We want us all to be friends and be the same. That's what it's all about. So thank you guys. We love you. Have a good day. <laughs>